Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. It's Matthew Kachuk, and you're listening to Missing Curfew. Up, Dizzle. Fella, 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 fella. Hockey's around the corner. Summer's, you know, winding down. It was quick. Fall. We need some new gear. It's that time of year. Good life, baby. I'm on the website, Obes, right now looking at the early fall essentials. And this company, through thick and thin, these guys have been our sponsors and our friends. Good New York brand. Just opened up another flagship uh, store in New York City. But get online now www.goodlifeclothing.com look at these new tri-blends i mean if this i mean the guy looks like he fucks on here too but t-shirt club subscribe subscribe to the t-shirt club get 20 percent off for the women out there for your for your ladies you got the new fall arrivals these girls love this material obes the colors are mint but you're right they got a nice little cream uh pattern coming out right now these hoodies man look at these double layer hoodies you kidding me it is mint so to all our listeners out there, 20% off, uh, promo code CURFEW20, and uh, some great things coming up in the Good Life uh, world, and we'll be excited to share them here in season two of Missing Curfew. So I will be getting the Loop Terry hoodie in double XL, and I'm going track pants too. I will be in New York in November for our boy Chris Shupp is having a little hockey tournament. You will be there with me. Yes, sir. I will be going into the Good Life store As to witness I. it. These guys are great. Check it out. Promo code curfew 20. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien. And I'm sitting beside you. I'm Scotty Upshaw. Pleasure to be back in here with you, fella. The Updog. And we're coming to you from Hall Pass Studios in beautiful Newport Beach. And our boy Broadway, Jimmy Scoops Hayes, as always, looking down on us. Updog? What's up, fella? I'm feeling good, bud. How are we, are we, are I just feeling, actually mentioned no, to you that you I feel, feel a little banged up. Wow. It's been uh, it's the two weekends I just had. A fucking A, man. Well, you played in a member guest, too. <clears throat> I played in a member guest uh, with our boy Joffrey Lupel at Shady Canyon, and I got to be honest, fucking hot up there. I felt like I was in Scottsdale, just <laughs> minus uh, Old Town. Watch out for the Rattlers when you're looking for your ball, too. And oh, like, I had a case of the rights, snake-y. too. Oh, no. So, you know, they made me play as a plus two. and it's, You know my game. I'm not a plus two. I'm a fucking, you, you know what? I'm a, I'm a half-decent scratch golfer. You know, I can compete. Plus two is a little aggressive. Plus two is aggressive. So, to you uh, to you guys at Shady Canyon, fuck off. Um, I think yeah, I'm. They stuck it to I you. think I've had enough golf up there for a while. I think I'm just. I'm back to our country club, bud. Well, yeah. Where well, 
You know, I mean, wh- you where broke they your know driver. Our drinks, and I did break my driver. So to our listeners out there, the Updog had this driver that uh, shout out to our boy Casey at TaylorMade got him, mm-hmm. and Uppy was hitting. I'm not even exaggerating. You were hitting it like 320, like big power fade. And like you, I asked you the one day, I'm like, do you think you could even hit a draw if you had to? Because remember, I used to always tell you don't ever hit a draw. And you're like, you used to pound draws. You're like, I don't even know if I could. And then on 17, you were playing, you were scuffling a little bit. You hit one out and you fucking snapped the driver. And I'm like, why did you just do that? Like, yeah, you're like, I know. fuck, I don't know. You know why? It's because I thought I could just. Text Casey, get a new one. Yeah, yeah, he's been slacking on the boys. No, actually. no, no. He he made it happen. He Did got he? me one, uh, but it's just not like the same one. You know, it's like your twig that you score. Fucking, you go out and you score, score like one. blindfolded <laughs> with. Uh, you're getting tap ins, and every shot's coming off just tasty. But it's just not the right shaft. And I had a case of the rights. Yeah, Lupul actually picked me up on the last day. He shot well. He shot like seventy four. I think he shot what? Like, like with the shamble drive. So you pick oh, the best drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I give credit to him, man. He, he showed up, and then we had the two Pearl Jam shows again. So that was five concerts in eight days with three rounds of golf. That's crazy, buddy. I, and, you know, a few later nights. Which, if if uh, I would have attempted what you just attempted there, back-to-back festivals with a member guest mixed in, mm-hmm. I'm safe to say I probably wouldn't be here right today. I would have been like, I need till Thursday to recover. So, listen, I played in the Talent Cup with Loops and some other member guests with Loops, and it's kind of the same thing for me, too, like, we play so bad the first day, the morning round, the first day when you're not really boozing. And then as the tournament goes on, especially loops, he gets better. The best he's always played. Every time I played a member guest with him is the last day he plays the best because he shows up and he's still a little half drunk. And then he gets out there and starts drinking and he loosens up his back, loosens up and he stripes it. So 74, that's, that's impressive for him. Yeah, it was, it was, we play with this young kid who, uh, I got to give a shout out to this kid. He fucking started golfing two years ago obes and he was a plus four what he's like 19 years old jesus so i started throwing him a couple stories here and there he's laughing and <laughs> some fuck stories yeah, <laughs> yeah we're just having fun and you know he actually brought up this uh this is hilarious we're on the eighth tee the par three which some guy won a fucking lambo on the first night but for the first round thursday lamborghini sponsored the event that's not guy fucking well i'm it's like in the last hole on the on the shotgun obes, and we could hear the screaming from across you know across the the valley. Sure enough, one guy cans it and fucking t- drives home in the orange Lambo con- convertible. <laughs> drives home drunk in the orange Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> that so, happened the one year too. Eddie Blatchford, shout out to this Chicago guy. He's absolute beauty. A member at Shady, and he got it on number eight, the par three. And me and Loops finished on seven, I believe, and we were driving up there, and we didn't quite see it go in the hole, but we heard the fucking boom Lambo. So this kid is like, you know, we're talking about girls, asking him if he had his girlfriend. He's like, no. And, and then uh, he's like, you know, he's trying to kind of step up with story, right? He's like, so I was talking with this guy I, a couple of weeks ago, probably at the golf course. And he mentioned like girls nowadays, like, you know, doing stuff to your ass and stuff. And he's, I'm like, <laughs> I look at him. I'm like, hey, kid, you ever had your ass played with? He's like, and the guy, his partner, who's an older guy, he's a beauty. He's laughing. I go, hey. Don't knock it till you try it. That's true. That's true. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. I'm like the girls; they're onto something. (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, we had we had a blast, a lot of laughs, uh, a lot of good, uh, you know, a couple good cocktails, just sitting in there and you know collecting bets. And they actually had a cornhole tournament before the before the thing. Yeah, that's fun. So break it up. Food's great. Food's great there. I mean, Shady Canyon is unbelievable golf course. The food at the Town Cup's great. The Wednesday night before the cornhole thing's fun. I'm just telling you, member guests are killers. For, well, for me anyways, and you're hurting a bit, but the festival too, but 
three days of four days of rough golf drinking. It's just a killer. So, um, up dog, we got a classy touch here from an old friend of yours, a guy who I owe a lot to too because he took us to Pine Valley. But something cool he did for Broadway, Jimmy Scoops Hayes here uh, with some with some nuggets for the boys. Yeah, yeah, they showed up to the to the office this morning. Shout out to Maddie Roudenbush. I know you're a Good big guy. fan of the pod. Good guy. Um, Maddie grew up on Pine Valley. Always a hockey fan. I met him when I played in Philly uh, through Brian Hardenberg. Absolute beauty working for the Flyers. And uh, he's a class act. He's working for Callaway. And we got these new soft Chrome X balls, which is, uh, you know, the little, I think these are the spinnies. You it's, probably like these. It's even got the thing that Phil has on when he puts it. See? Yeah. With the fucking, that's sick. That but would anyway, so he, uh, I will sh- kind of shine this in the camera for those of you watching on YouTube. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Broadway Jimmy Hayes, rest in peace, fella. These are sick balls. Thank you, yeah. Maddie, and a shout out to our boys who are all out in uh, Pine Valley for the week. Doherty Lane pickup, Lane Garbers. <clears throat> Fuck, where was our invite? Four day, thirty six hole walking fucking festival at Pine Valley, the world's number one ranked golf club. Stay in there, in Philly. In the it's badass. So, shout out to those guys, Charlie Roudenbush, the uh, Maddie's old man. Shout out to you. Um, thanks for the balls. Always classy. We'll, uh, yeah, send we'll a, send, send some to, uh, to the boys in Philly too. Yeah, yeah, and we'll send some to to Broadway's wife for sure, so she put those down in the basement. Who uh, I've been reaching out to, and she has her good days and bad days. So, Kristen, we're still thinking about you here. Hang in there, um, Updog. Something you pulled up just right now uh, on our missing curfew. Uh, my boy, the fact that he mic'd up, he was getting low and slow, calling for the biscuit, shooting the shit. Um, obviously, one of my favorite guys to snap around with. But we noticed in the video, and I said to you, one of my pet peeves is at the end of the fucking drill in the National League, you got to do this hard lap. Who started this? What's the purpose of it? It doesn't make you in better shape. It doesn't make you, maybe it gets you sweating. Maybe that's the thing. But what did you think about the hard lap after every drill? Is it necessary or just let's go get a drink of water here and move on to the next one? It's, <clears throat> I think it's a moment for the coaches to all fucking kind of huddle up and, <laughs> and talk about what they did last night or whatever. It, yeah. It's, listen. You know, for, for the fans listening, like in, in NHL practice, upbeat, you know, keep it short, keep it fast. That's you know, true. The, the whistles, like you want to a drill might go on, and I'd love to know, but the average drill might go on for seven minutes. And then, you know, before you come to the board or grab a drink of water, the whistle goes and it's fucking race around the net. Half, I would say what? Five guys go behind the net? Yeah, I never went behind the net. I never did either. No, I would give you three hard strides, and then yeah. I fucking shut her down. Would you shoot a biscuit on the way? I would sauce a biscuit. I cr- would fucking try to me go bar f- down. Me and Factor's thing, and that that stupid hard lap that we'd have to do in Colorado, I would just grab a biscuit, take three hard strides, grab a biscuit, and look for the fact daddy, and just throw a fucking cross-eyed sauce to him, and he would just pick it up out anywhere. But I'd give you three hard strides, and then that, that so was So Trotsy did it all the time. Every coach I ever played for did it. And I just remember, like, you know, in junior, you got away with so much more um, than you did when you first made the NHL. But I remember, like, those <clears throat> those moments where you might shoot a puck, it hits the bar and goes out the other side and just misses, like, you know, fucking... Uh, <laughs> Bob Hartley's head. Brent Gilchrist fucking, <laughs> you know, schnoz. And you're like, fuck, sorry, buddy. And, and then he comes over and says, like, you can't fucking shoot biskies from the like from the corner. Yeah. Little things like that are, are, are what, you know, you kind of learn as you grow and you remember, like, some older guys talking to you about it. Um, so this, <laughs> this fucking thing, I remember Trotsy, just if you, like, would rip a puck in the net and you weren't, like, busting around... He made an effort to make sure that you heard about it. And, yeah. you know, he was hard on younger guys. But, yeah, I look at Trotsy and coaches now that, that 
you know, have the reputation they do. And I bet you now he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's got a Stanley Cup. He's and it's crazy. You always bring up Trotsky, and, and you were so young when you had him. And then I had him near, you know, I was a veteran at that point, right? And, like, the way he treated you as a young guy, I'm sure he would have treated me the same way. I just had him as a veteran guy where he was he was so more relaxed with me. But he would still be like, oh, just, you know, tighten it up a little bit. But you bring up a good point. The drills that are too long. Remember some coaches and the boys be in the corner be like, all right, that's enough. Blow her down. Blow the whistle. We do it for, like, 10 minutes, right? You're like, fuck off. Let's go. Moving on here. It's the best coaches kept them fucking short and crispy. So that's short and sweet. Point. And that's, that's how point. they want you to play. They want you to have crispy. quick shifts. They want you to get your heart rate up. And they want you to play hockey like tired and under pressure. Yeah. I think that's what, that's the threshold you need to get to when, especially this time of year, when you practice, it shouldn't be too long, but the drills should last long enough that your lungs are putting you in spots where you actually have to back check and you don't have oxygen. So you're trying to make the right decision when you're tired. Yeah. I think that's no, that's true because that happens a lot. That's hockey 101. That's like, I think good teams know how to make the right decisions and great players know how to make the right decisions when, when they don't have fucking oxygen in their brain yeah. and they're, and they can rely on, on, you know, habits and yeah. intuition memory. and memory. And, and, you know, if you're a guy that, that gets tired in practice and you're fucking up, I mean, you're probably not playing in these match. You know, you're probably not playing in the matches. Fuck you teed me up right to my next point here. Fuck. That's why we're good team guys here. How many times in a during a season where the boys come out a little sloppy, you miss one pass, fucks up the drill, another guy misses another pass, and now you're looking around like, boys, tighten up here, or they're going to blow the whistle and put us on the fucking line, right? Next thing you know, four or five bad passes, boop, blow the whistle, get on the fucking line. You're like, Jesus, boys. Yeah. And it's, it's true. From a coach's perspective, I chirp a lot about what coaches did, but if I was a coach and the passes weren't on the tape, I'd put the boys in line too. I'm like, boys, it's the National Hockey League here. If we can't go tape to tape, we deserve we deserve, deserve to skate but you could always tell like and then guys yeah, start yeah, yeah. squeezing their oh, stick right and the next bad pass old be bad pass get on the line get on the line well you know and it starts so it starts early in the practice where like you know it's a it's a day before game or it's or it's game day and fucking it's just literally a line skating down the ice passing 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 and turning and passing back and the guys who are just throwing it in guys feet and you know squeezing the sticks and pucks are bouncing everywhere i I remember there'd be some rinks obes where, um, you know, the center ice dot would be like dark. Like think of Chicago Blackhawks logo. Yeah. It's black, Great it's one. red. Yeah. And like when that Tough puck in pregame skate flies through it from your far winger coming on and I'm playing right side and it's coming to my backhand and I'm fucking squeezing <laughs> it, it is not good. And I'm like, guys, like, I'll be ready for the match, but fuck, I can't see the puck come <laughs> through the Blackhawk. I, I can't see it. Especially when you're at, uh, what is it, Tavern on Rush or Rush on Tavern? That was yeah, like, Viagra like, Triangle. <laughs> so, boys, I was, at the, I was at the Tavern until fucking 1.30 trying to scoop a uh, waitress out of there. I can't see it through the logo. It's, it's, it's a, true, though. It's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. It's yeah. 100% so it's a thing. thing. Boston Bruins, every time I had a morning skate in Boston, same kind of thing. And I was usually out with Matty Fernandez or Brian Burrard or Big Sexy back in the day, and morning skate at the garden and be going through the black bee. I'm like, fuck, I can't even see that fucking thing. So, um, up dog Pearl jam, man, Eddie Vedder shout out to our boy, Teddy Purcell. We got to hang with Teddy for back to back weekends. You know, he's up in Hermosa. We're down in Newport. It's not that far, but we don't get to see that fucking beauty. Newfie a lot, man. What a guy. It's great. Yeah. yeah what a guy, great. man. Like, he's, I mean, what a beauty. He, uh, named his dog Vetter. He yeah. loves Pearl jam more than anyone. So he made the trip down both weekends. Um, you know, he's still, he's crushing it. Working with Otzi. I think we laughed and talked about our first uh, episode we did with him. He was our first, first guest. ever guest at, when we were still at Action Park with Collins. And 
Fuck, do we get drunk? Fuck, we got drunk. Let's be honest. Me and Uppy, we were nervous too, right? We never had a guest. Like, we didn't know what really what we were going to do. So we're like, fuck, we'll get Teddy. He'll come to the studio. It'll be easier. I bring a bottle. Of, we bring a bottle of Blue Label up. We start crushing that. Cons, God love him. He got fucking drunk. He was talking the whole time. So the next day, he's like, ah, can't break, can't, we gotta, can't go out, boys. We're like, what? What? Come on. So we got to get Teddy back in. Uh, but it was just fun hanging with that guy, man. Like, he yeah, loves we, Pearl Jam. We totally. Yeah. And we jump, you know, we jump in the van after we go have some drinks at the Goose. Wild Goose, what a spot. God, I probably didn't need it. But you were on fire back at the fire back at the fire pit, bro. <laughs> Speaking of being on fire I, at the fire pit, you were making the boys laugh. I was just saying, yeah. You had us you, right on, you you guys had us were on probably the fucking like, floor. Look at him go here. I was telling the same stories I've been telling for 15 years, but <laughs> um shout out to Eddie Vetter. It was great on the on the Friday show of the second weekend. Apparently he woke up Friday morning with something hurt in his side. So I think is what he told me is that they called the Lakers, Gina Bus, maybe knows Gina Bus. So they got the Lakers doctor to drive down to Dana Point and give him a little shot of something to get him going. So he battled through Friday night with a sore rib or a muscle he's tear. He's a playoff guy. He's a playoff guy. I'm like, way to fucking get up there and battle, Eddie. And then the next night he said he felt better. But he woke oh, up wow. like us up. He woke up like us. He couldn't fucking move. So he still went out there and battled. But that kind was kind of feel like that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pearl, J- Pearl Jam was fucking unfold. And you don't usually get sore. No, it's catching up, but it's I know. catching up. Like typically, you're up. like you're like ah, oh, my back. I'm like, does your back ever get hurt? No, it doesn't really hurt. So. <laughs> um, shout out to my boy, our boy Tamu Solani. I saw him at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Todd Pickup again, uh, who allowed us to have the missing curfew derby party at the Bay Club. Who's a big supporter of Big Brothers Big Sisters. Dennis Shannon invited me. Great cause. They raised so much money. Um, it was unbelievable how much money they raised so quickly. Uh, but what Tam- did Tamu wear? Timu had a a sick like kind of a baby blue jacket with a with a sick dress shirt with some patterns and a nice pair of slacks. Oh, and he was just smoking a cigar. Hall of Famer. So someone's like Solani's here, Obes. I was like, fucking right, Solani. So I grabbed a stogie because you're giving out free fucking stogies, which you would liked. And there it was. So I went up and started talking to him and um, introduced him to all the boys at Big Canyon. They talked about his steakhouse, and I was like, fuck Timo, you're such a beauty. I'm like, I turn on the Ryder Cup on the Wednesday. And there you are playing for Team Europe in the fucking celebrity event. Like, you just play tennis with Roger Federer. You're playing the Ryder Cup shit. You're such a legend. Um, you know, we had a good chuckle about that. And then he brought up our missing curfew head cover that you hooked him up with when he came in here. And I guess one guy at the Ryder Cup was like, hey, man, that's a, that's a cool head cover. What's missing curfew? And Tim was like, oh, it's uh, my buddy O'Brien and Upshaw's podcast. He's like, well, where do I get one of these missing curfew head covers? Can I buy it? And Tim goes, no, no, you got to earn this one. Buddy. <laughs> you got to earn this one. It's like, like that 700 game jacket or something. It's exactly You're, right. You hey, got to earn this one. You got to be a guy first on the road, you know, Hall of Famer on and off the ice to get one of those. I was talking to Flash too about like getting back and, you know, getting back involved in the game, like how good he would be if he got involved with the Ducks and. He's just so busy. I he, I think he kind of inst- was thinking about it a bit, but he's so busy doing so much cool stuff. But it, it wouldn't it be great, if, especially for the Ducks, if you could get fresh flashed. face, fuck young, good looking, uh, fucking w- Hall of Famer, winning, you know, reputation, good looking, living up the street, you know, grew his family up here. There is all the making for you know for a new GM here in, in Anaheim, and he would be he would be top top. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be cool to see if he got involved. Him or whenever Getsy retires. I've been pumping Getsy that to be the next GM after Bob Murray whenever he retires. Yeah, Getsy don't want to retire yet. He's Getsy loves snapping it, huh? I gotta see this guy fucking shoot the puck this year. Well, he's gonna be shooting it because he's gonna try to break the he he's like what is he, twelve points away from the all time or goals? something? Yeah, goals he needs, or something? Yeah, he just he's a pumper nickel. Yeah. 
Um, up dog, Monday Night Football, fella. You went up there. SoFi Stadium, what'd you think? You were in a fucking lightning storm from hell, by the way. I've never you seen... You have no idea. I've never seen so much thunder and lightning in, New, in, in Southern California in my life. I was like, holy fuck. So, on the way up, we hear the game gets delayed, thanks to you, an hour. So, we were already late, me and Loops going up there. Shocker. And, uh, you know, shout out to uh, my boss, uh, Mike Melman, for the tickets. They were sick. So, we sat 50-yard line. Um Wow, the Raiders fucking fans are crazy. Oh, my God. Are they not it crazy? It was nuts. It was a road game for the Chargers last night in SoFi. It mm. was a complete road game. Um, when they were on offense, you couldn't hear anything. I'm surprised. Man, that, fuck that Herbert just snaps it around. Snaps. He's just 6'5", snapping it. Snapping it. And in doing it in L.A., it's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the, some of the passes he made last night were great. But um, walking in the stadium... The fucking lightning was coming down and hitting it. And in California, you don't see lightning Never. storms ever. I was kind of scared last night. I was like. So I, I was thinking of switching my bet last minute. You know, my login to my DraftKings account. I'm looking around. I'm like, fuck, this fucking lightning's hitting the Chargers fucking stadium right now. <laughs> Is a that sign. a sign? <laughs> it's a sign. So I didn't. And sure enough, we didn't even make a first down. The Raiders in the first half. Oh, they made I had one the first down. Um, so got on their second half and threw something in and did all right there. But. Um, Did you smart? Yeah, I should have hundred percent. Get in half. there. I should have. Yeah, get in there. You're at you the know game. what? I was, I was at the game, so I, just, I was I firing up some chicken thighs on the barbecue and getting ready for dinner, and I fucking forgot. But um, Raiders fans are intense. For anyone out there who's never been to a Raiders game or had a Raiders team come into your stadium, me and Stu Bickle, Big Bix, who's coaching in Springfield now for uh, I don't know whose minor league team it is, but shout out to Bix, he's a beauty. We went to San Diego Raiders down at old Qualcomm Stadium. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and me and Bix got in one the night before, and we were going to the game. So we were like, all right, I'm like, let's go grab beers. And I'm like, I get two beers, because usually that's the rule, right? Two beers per guy. And they're like, no, it's only one. And I'm like, why, why is that? And they're like, because of the Raiders fans. We're only allowed to give out one beer per person because we don't want them to get too rowdy. I was like, is that actually a rule? And the same thing last night, Nick Lopez, a buddy of ours from Newport, was there. Yeah. And he was like, fuck, I can only get one beer because of the Raiders rule. So... These fans are so intense up, dog, that they, they won't let them get too pinned. And I, they're scary. They're fucking scary. I, I was getting a couple free pints of Modelo's. That's the free Where beer they gave out. Wow. If you want an IPA, which I usually like drink IPAs, you uh, cost, eh, cost money. But the lady, our bartenders, said the Modelo's are free, but you only get one. And I'm like, fuck, well, it, it's kind of a long line in here. Like, so why? And then, lo and behold, you tell me that after. And I'm like, that makes sense. Because yeah. these guys were fucking ready to rock. There's, I was like, someone's getting hurt tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's someone scary. is getting hurt. I was like, when especially you guys, if the Raiders don't get on the board. I was like worried about you guys coming out of there. Like the stadium in Englewood and Raiders fans. I'm like, just get home safe, boys. Is all I was thinking. So, um, SoFi Stadium. Have, well, By the do way, do you think there could be a hockey game ever in there or what? The, you think it'd be safe? Yeah, remember? I no, said they that? will. And the, and I want to just talk about the screen. The Seventy thousand square foot screen that looks like fucking, you know. Uh, like a face mask that you yeah. would put around like if you were a fucking superhero. Um, it's crazy. The thing, uh, I was sitting next to my um, a guy I know, and he said that the thing weighs like, fuck, yeah, I'm 2 million pounds, 2.6 million pounds is what the thing is. And I'm try I tried to look it up this morning. I couldn't find it, but it's kind of... The engineering in there is is all time. Yeah. It's so futuristic, and and at one point, you know how you get a you know in the restaurants nowadays, it's scan this for the menu. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the fucking ad on the TV screen up there said like scan me, right? And I'm thinking, fuck, they're not telling us to scan it from here. And sure enough, I put the camera on the, the big screen over the field and fuck it catches it and boom, takes you right to like their, you know, their ad or whatever it was. Really? It was for like, you know, I think it was for Verizon wireless or something, but crazy that it's just, that's where we are. It's, it has a super uh, futuristic feel to it for sure. Yeah. When I walked in, I was like, the colors are so vibrant. The fucking sound sounds great. I mean, it, it literally sounded like we were in a playoff game. Last yeah. Night. Oh, I could tell through the, and it was the same when I went a couple weeks ago. The poor Chargers, the, the, the Cowboys were there. It was the same thing. There was more Cowboys fans than Chargers fans, and obviously with the LA Raiders used to being in LA, there were so many. But um, Updog, it leads us into our first segment. You brought these guys up, uh, presented by DraftKings, um, our weekly NFL uh, picks. We did pretty good again. I got stung on the Sunday nighter, the fucking rain in New England. I should have changed my bet. But once it started raining and Belichick had Brady's number and then I got stung on the Monday nighter last week. But good week for the boys in football. Your Buffalo Bills, once again, oh. just absolutely shit pumped another team, Houston. 40 to nothing. Yeah, That was a lock of the century. That's the only thing Buffalo has going good right now. I put that bet in Saturday night at the Goose and I was like, give me my phone. I'm betting these guys. It was, what was the line? 17? I'm like, that's not even scaring me away. 40 no, nothing. And it shouldn't. No. Um, so... You know, shout out to the to the Bills fans who they got something to cheer for right now. It's fucking it's on. And the, um, the Sabres are lucky that the Bills are good. <laughs> Kevin Adams, which we're going to get in. We're going to touch on Kevin Adams and the Eichel situation right before we bring our guest on. But let's just say he's lucky the Bills are good because people in Buffalo are not even worried about the Sabres right now. Um, Updog fantasy. I'm, I, I lost again. I'm on four factor kicked the shit out of me. You took a, you took an L too. What's that put your record? Braden to? Shen, yeah, he beat me down the stretch. I forgot to. Are you dress. two and two? I'm two and two. I, I didn't put in a wide. I didn't put in my wide receiver for. Uh, oh uh, no. J, yeah, At Brown, AJ Brown, AJ, AJ Brown. Brown for Tennessee. Like, what are you doing up, dog? They, <laughs> but like, can you not autofill a guy if he's hurt? Can we not autofill this shit? <laughs> I or think what? that's kind of the point that you got to do it yourself, you know, for guys like, you know, you, you guys like yourself. I got a lot of shit going on I, on Sunday. I, I, exactly. And, and guys like me are, are banking on you missing a guy or two. Like, I thought. Like, Sunday I went and played fucking pickleball against Christina, who's actually really good at pickleball now, I'm finding out. Wow. She moves well one up One-on-one? On one? We played a little one-on-one -on -one match. So it's like a baseline, like, yeah, yeah. fuck fest. I used to do that with the beanie. Just hit her balls back, back Yeah, forth, yeah. But know. she can hit it. Like, she's a tennis girl, and now she's oh. fucking picking up pickle and she's good she played um, tennis she used to play tennis yeah oh okay that makes sense. yeah she she can hit it um so and then you know i'm getting in my bets in the morning and i'm checked fantasy it doesn't like exactly tell me on a pop-up screen that my guys hurt it just says a little o beside him the smallest yeah, they don't bit. make it easy all right they don't make it easy they don't want you they to want fuck you to up. fuck up so so Shatter, you're, you're lucky because i would have probably got you i would have snipped you um but yeah it's a good bet how about fucking uh Kyler Murray and these Arizona Cardinals. This Kyler Murray is fucking nasty. 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 I wish I would have drafted him. Mac Allen's got him, I think. They, who did they rag all this weekend? They beat the Rams. They beat Statement they, game. And, and, and the Rams steamrolled the Bucks last week, too. So that's there, like. A, there was one play where Kyler Murray was in one. And this guy, and he just moved his feet and went this way, and it was gone. Like the guy had no chance of fucking getting them. So um, I'm just so frustrated with my fantasy team. I don't know what to do, Uppy. I mean, I made a fucking trade. Beckham sucks. Juju Smith-Schuster hates Big Ben. Big Ben looks like me in fucking Finland trying to move around out there. He can't move. I'm, I'm so in one. I, I don't know what to do. But um, 
Updog, Brady's return to Foxborough was a big story. It made me think, you know, we played a lot of teams. We didn't just play for one team. We played for a lot of teams. Was there any time, your first time back to Philly or anything that, it reminded me of my time going back to Vancouver. I'll go first. Um, I was in Nashville. You know, I'm flying on the plane, playing cards with Leggy and the boys, you know. And we're like an hour outside of Vancouver, right? We're st- or maybe 30 minutes. We're starting to descend. And Brandon Walker's like, uh, come to the front of the plane. I got to talk to you, you with Trotsy. And I was like, what the fuck? So Trotsy's like, to, uh, walks, he's like to Trotsy, so how do you guys want to handle this tomorrow morning? And I'm like, handle what? Like, what are you fucking talking about? They're like, well, there's going to be a pretty big scrum from, you know, TC Carly from the Vancouver Canucks has reached out that there's a lot of media guys that want to talk to you in the morning. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, there is not. So sure enough, I pull out for morning skate, come in, fucking, and Murph, I land, and I text Murph. Murph's a beauty. I go, Murph, is this true? He's like, yeah, Obes, there's, there's some rumblings. Like, there's going to be some people I want to talk to. And I come in, Uppy, and it is a fucking Roberto Luongo scrum. Like, there is fucking 50 people, cameras everywhere. And obviously, I went out the night before for a couple, right? I'm like, oh, I don't really need this. So it just blew me away, and I never thought that, you know, it was obviously more for my off-ice stuff than my on-ice stuff as a Canuck, but... I got to be honest, man. It felt pretty cool to come back to Vancouver and have those media guys care that much that they kind of make a big deal out of for me. So I thought about that in Brady's return. Was there a time throughout your career that when you went back somewhere, you're like, fuck, this is kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's super special too. That And, and it's well-deserved, Obes. When you're a guy that you know played like you did, you're playing in Canada, yeah. you were great with the media, like they loved you. You never gave them a boring interview. So they know fucking, like, hey, yeah, this, like, this is Obes' time to shine. Let's give say, him the fucking spotlight. He'll say something stupid. Um, you know, they probably knew you went out for beer, so they're probably like, oh, yeah. yeah, we can bring that up too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was lucky too early on. I played, you know, I played in Nashville and media fans, you know, they welcomed me with open arms, whatever. But uh, Philly was, was like where I really, you know, felt like I was, you know, almost like a, like a local Philly kid for a while. Yeah. And they just, whether it was, you know, the energy or just the way. Well, the way you played, they loved you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just always like being there and chatting with kids and fans and doing the, doing the whole thing, you know. And it's, it's all part about being a pro. And, um, you know, crazy media in Philly, as we all know. I stepped back from a, you know, it, it was actually a while. I don't know what the reason being. I think I tore my ACL in Phoenix the year I got traded, um, you know, the next year. So I missed the Philly trip, which is kind of shitty because, you know, you want to get out in Philly yeah, and play against that, your old boys. That's like Loops what, and Carter and Richie. That's when you went to Coachella and you were using your your, your knee yeah, thing with... my yeah, knee you, brace. I had all the glow sticks glow around. sticks on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, yeah, I had the girlfriend on my shoulders. I had the glow sticks around. And the around glow stick me. with the fucking brace that he's supposed to have on his knee. Um, what a beauty. Fucking beauty. So, but then, you know, going back to Philly... Um, Cold night, I remember, just like, same thing, though. You know, nice little scrum for the game. Yeah. And then the game went on, and I got a nice ovation uh, to start off. Oops. And then fucking in the second period, I, I hit you know, that Oscar in, in, in a very oh, yeah. weird, odd way, and he got hurt. And then the fans just took a fucking <laughs> 180, and it was on. They were booing me and throwing shit in the box. It was just full on. Uh, I still love him. Yeah, but, listen, and, I, I, I remember that hit. Listen, he, he he needs to bend his knees, and I'm sure Prince, maybe Prince already pulled it up, but he will for sure. He needs to bend his knees, and he was right in that little danger area, and you just came in full up dog style. And, yeah. I, you hate hurting a guy. Um, <laughs> no, you don't want to hurt a guy, yeah. but you, I mean, you, you got to bend your knees out there. So they turned on you after that. Yeah, but the, the 
the feeling of, of being back in like what, you know, you consider like a home or yeah. whatever, like they, these rinks become your home, right? So you always feel like, you know, you're going fucking, you know, back to a pad you used to live in. And it's, it's so true. And like, you know, we were both suitcases and like Vancouver was a special one for me going back to, but even like when I went back to Nashville or Tampa, Anaheim, uh, usually in Anaheim, I was playing guilty, but thank God their teams near the end weren't as good as they were at the start. Um, it's it's a hard game to play in, right? Because you got people you want to see, and you're playing against guys you know. And don't get me wrong, it, there's also an opportunity where, you know, you play with some guys you didn't like, you know, and you're like, all right, here we go, here's my chance, right? I'm gonna get this fucking guy that used to drive me fucking nuts at the rink. I'm taking a run at him, and I'd even look at guys in warm up that I played with, and I'd be like, who I'm, was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> who was that guy? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think who I would have. There was a couple liked. guys on my squads that I not that I didn't like them. But it was like when I play against them, like, like fucking Ryan Kessler, for example. I love Ryan Kessler as a teammate. I love him. But when I played against Ryan Kessler, I wanted to try to shut him down. It was extremely hard because Kess was a great player. But he was one of the guys that when I played against him, I'm like, fuck, I want to get a good lick on Kess. Burrow, same thing. I love yeah, those yeah. guys as teammates. You can talk about the whole connection. Yeah, like that's how we were, though. We were, we, you know, when you play with those guys, you loved them. And then you play against them and you want to kill them. But that was their, that was their niche. Um you know, another guy I loved Hornquist in Nashville. When I played against Horny, I wanted to kill him. Yeah. He'd come to the front of the net. I'd be like, fuck off, Horny. Like, cross-check him again. Um, Daniel Winnick. I love Winbag. Oh, but when I played against Winnie, Good I was like, Winnie. yeah, I love Winnie. But when I played against him, I'm like, I'm going to cross-check. I'm going to cross-check Winnie. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a cross-check. Um, so it, it's always tough to come back to places. It's cool, but it's I, I just felt for Brady. And you could see in Brady's game in the first half, I've never seen him overthrow so many balls. Maybe because it was raining, but I think even him, I mean, I couldn't imagine what he was going through emotionally and being excited and, and the adrenaline takes over. So I just thought it'd be fun to talk to you about it. Yeah. Going back to he places. Finally get, uh, he finally got his taste back there. And, you know, the hug of the Bill Belichick hug at the end of the game was, so it then, was, it was quick. It was quick. So it then, was quick. And then Belichick, I guess, slid in and talked to him afterwards yes, for 15 minutes. Yeah. So. Which is cool. I mean, there's a respect factor there, but yeah. That's, uh, that's going into your barn and fucking stealing too. And, and you talk about the Flyers fans turning on you. <clears throat> His post game interview, he was like, "Yeah, the P- Patriot fans gave me a warm reception, but in the second half, in the fourth quarter, they wanted me to lose. They were cheering for, sure. for the Patriots, and that's sports. As they should, as they should. That's sports. Like, um, up dog. Our next segment is brought to you by our good friends at Good Life. It's called Dress Coats. We have talked a lot about you know NHL players." Using their media, showing their personalities, dressing cool, saying what they want, showing people what NHL guys are all about. The Arizona Coyotes, your former team, has been the first team to officially come out and relax the dress code. Don't have to wear a suit. Now, I thought back to our era, and I'm not saying I was Mr. fucking GQ. Listen, I went fucking black tee with a leather jacket and black jeans for fucking 10 years I was in the league. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I went went Hank Moody style. But there are some guys that I played with that had the on off days when we weren't supposed to wear our suits and we could wear jeans and a collared shirt. I was like, the they fuck? fucked it all. Up. Yeah. What the fuck kind of jeans are those, bro? Like are that shirt. Are you serious? So who was it? It was the Checos. The Checos had always rips in their jeans. The coaches would go bananas. Bananas. They'd wear like Gucci shoes with like this, you know, light stonewashed just shark bit jeans yeah now i have a pair of those i wore them to fucking the festival this weekend but like when they make a statement you can wear whatever you want today just fucking look like a professional be a pro yeah so that's 
that's a great point by you of yeah. of where the league has gone over the last you know 10 15 years to where it is now yeah. and there was a reason why these guys kept fucking it all up and some they of these, just didn't have style. Back no, then. and some of these guys would wear the jeans and, and and they'd be fucking over. I go, listen, you, you can get your jeans tailored, boys. You know that, right? You go in the tailor. No, not many of them did know that. No, I know. I'm like, boys, go in the tailor, get the fucking jeans hemmed up a bit so they're not dragging there. And they're nothing worse when they had the fray behind the heel of the jean. Because I'm like, that's not it, boys. You're Buddy, how many guys, thing. though, you think you play with in your team that their wife's bought all their clothes? All of them. Right? All the married guys, mostly. Unless right. the Swedish guys... The European guys, maybe, but the Canadian guys that were been married to their junior sweetheart, their wife bought their gear, probably. Totally. And uh, Jose Theodore, he had, he, the had sick, sick style. he had the sickest shit. It was old school and new school at the same time. And he was French and he just rocked like yeah, long, sick flow. Dirt, like kind of long, messy flow, um, tatties, fucking sick watches. And then, you know, obviously he knew everything. About everything, he was where, one of where your to go. Yeah, he was who one to of your, text. He was one of your favorite guys. He right? was like he showed best. you the ropes. Bit, well, right? yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. he was no, he was a good running mate when I got there. Like he, that's what I mean. Yeah, and, and at, at that point, you go, okay, I got you know, I got some respect from fucking a guy like Jose, who you know now wants to be in the dinner crew, um, you know lining up golf after or if we're in phoenix like making sure the guys have a good time blah 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 blah. he was he was uh that guy jovo was also the same jovo was a beauty back then um but you know there's so many guys obes that didn't know like where to go shop what fucking kind of jacket they need to wear when they get like a day off yeah. you know because yeah. sometimes you need to bring two jackets one that you can wear like an overcoat over the suit and another one that's just like fucking cool sick collar yeah, I'll bring know. the leather. I like to bring yeah. the leather on the road. I'll bring the leather on the road. Anytime I had the green light, I pulled out the leather. Up dog, my question to you is are these young guys now with all the Instagram and you look like a guy like Austin Matthews? And even like when I follow teams like the Canucks or whatever, these young kids roll in, they got better do they have better style than we do? Because of Instagram, are they hipper? Are they cooler? Are they gonna are they better than we were? Well, they're getting paychecks, so they, they yeah, don't mind just ordering true. whatever they want to the door. They have access to everything more. I'm sure their Instagram is full of you know ads coming in like buy this buy that buy this yeah so online shopping i think their so access easy. yeah we never had online shopping no. when we were I, thank god <laughs> i would have spent even more uh, than i did yeah nor did we have like you know dms either we didn't have that give ourselves credit for what i know what but kind of work you know what if we would have had dms would have kept us in a bit more i think or? yeah probably yeah <laughs> it's been a bad thing but i wouldn't trade it for anything no no um, i'm not saying that either but you know what the kids like i'm excited it's a new it's a new turn for um for sports i hope that it gets attention i hope that it gets highlighted when they walk into the rink and other teams like after games when you know you see your buddy on the other team they're like fuck you got to wear that today huh yeah and, yeah. and, then, and then they're like yeah i mean of course like I walked into the rink. I said, you know, hi to the security guard. I took off my clothes. I put my hockey shit on. And then four hours later, I put fucking clothes on. I didn't see anyone, and I walked out. Why do I need to be I, looking like a taxi driver? It's so true, you, especially at home. If if you don't go into the wives' room or family room, you don't. You literally don't see anyone except for people that work for the arena staff, like the security guys or what. You literally walk in, walk out. But it's so true, like how you get jealous. Like there's certain teams where. I played for where you had to wear your suit every day on the road, right? And then let's say I played against you, and for example, in Florida you didn't. And I would see you on the road, and you'd have a jeans and a sick leather jacket on. I'd be like, fuck, I'm so jealous you can wear that. Like, there's teams, Colorado with Joe Sacco. 
I had to wear a suit on the road every fucking day. So I would go to a movie and I'm wearing a fucking suit. Like, right? Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. So to Arizona, I think it's going to be a long year in the desert. But, boys, distract us with some sick gear. Get some sick sneakers. And a couple of boys on that team, if you're listening, pull out a couple leather jackets for the for the boys here at Mr. Curfew because, Updog, you know I used to like to rock a leather. Sure do, bud. Right? Right? Johnny, sure v, do. Johnny V. So. Um, Updog, this is a serious... Um, this is a serious little, you know, situation that's happened here. And listen, I re- I like Robin Leonard. I think he's a hell of a goaltender. I-, I like the way that he talks about the mental health that he went through, the ups and downs, how he wants to help other people. I'm always pulling for Robin Leonard. And, and I think he's a great goaltender. And I-, I don't know as a teammate, but he made some um, allegations or some rumors or some comments from his playing career about painkillers and ambience being dished out like Tic Tacs, not needing a doctor's subscription, abuse of Ambien's. Um, what were your thoughts when you heard it? Um, you know, I, I took Ambien when I played. I, I yeah, You know, I, right. I just think that some guys need Ambien to sleep with the travel and time zones and stuff like that. Um, what are your thoughts on these comments? And did you ever see something throughout your playing career that worried you about guys, you know, getting them without having prescriptions? Uh, yeah, this is a, this it's is a delicate is a, one. It, well, it's, it is. Cause it goes back to, you know, a history of the hockey, uh, a history of hockey. And, you know, over the course of my career, there were guys that, um, unfortunately, you know, got addicted. There's a lot of addiction and, you know, in, in some sad circumstances, there was, you know, we lost a couple old teammates. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a serious thing. This is something you know, that's not going to be just swept under the rug. It's there's, there's too much nowadays in our world that, um, when it gets brought to light, it needs to be addressed or, or it becomes an issue. And this is something, you know, these words, I I think there's a deeper meaning to these words, you know, the ones on the flyers and, and AV who you had as a coach, like I, I played in Philly. Um, if you needed something to go to sleep, they, you know, they put you in touch with the doctor and the doctor usually gave you a prescription. And if your prescription was up, you could probably get one from your teammate or whatever. And this is like Ambien, right? Yeah, this yeah. is not, no, that this is not happened. a guy gets a surgery and he's got, you know, f- uh, 40 perks. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's handing them out to everybody. Yeah. That's, that's different. Um, you know, but I, uh, the more I, I look into the situation, I think Robert Leonard's rant is more to put power back into players hands and give players a voice um you know and and in this case like a younger guy like obes i was a young guy in nashville and i got i i literally got put down a path with these injuries and i couldn't say shit i couldn't go get a second opinion i couldn't i was forced to get surgery and then i was basically you know in the dressing room asked and I, i you know poyle came up to me and asked me if i wanted to you know can you play it's been four weeks. Are you back ready to go? And, you know, I had, I had a torn PCL at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I've been feeling pretty good. And I've been skating by myself. Like, yeah, I could, fuck, I'll play if you need me. He's like, listen, guys have gone down. We, we could use you. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let me skate today. And I'll tell the trainer how I feel. So anyway, I skate. Trainer's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel pretty good. And then, so, okay, go see Poyle in the office. And I go see Poyle. And he sends me down to the minors. Basically, telling me to my face that he needs me because guys are hurt. And then I tell him I'm ready and I go down to the minors. The next game in the minors after traveling all day, 
I go get dressed in the first period. I take a face off. I was a centerman. I take a face off. I try to step by the guy. My knee just blows again. I was not ready to play. I, it didn't even hit my benchmark of where I should have, you know, been. And, and now I'm, I'm like a 20 year old kid now with a knee that should have been fucking looked at better and, you know, given better treatment. Instead, I was, you know, put in a position to make a call as this young 19 year old without an agent acting on my behalf, without a second opinion. And, and it hurt me. It hurt my career. It fucking, I had the same knee ruin, you know, my chance playing for the Oilers at the end of my career, which, you know, it had it, had I maybe had a different opinion. So I look at these, these comments and to me, I think the, you know, dinosaur, like the, the term dinosaur, hashtag Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> dinosaur. It's He's like, will this ever change? Will this ever be something that a young kid is not going to go down a bad path? And he'll have the right to say like, no, I'm getting this surgery. I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm not taking these pills uh, you know, because yeah. I have a concussion and I, I have headaches. Like, I don't want to take these pills, whatever. It's just, we're so young. These kids are so young and their voice is not so loud. And, you know, in terms of health and safety and the length of your career, sometimes you got to be able to stick up for yourself. And I think that this is what this is. Um, you might no, and, and listen, you're, you know what? Up, and, and that's, that is a hundred percent right. And we're going to finish off our segment where I'm going to ask you about a, a Jack Eichel situation, and, and it falls right into those categories. For me on this one about Ambien, for Robin Leonard, I just thought as next player, if he's really concerned about this one, you know, go through the NHLPA, get them to help out. Don't air your dirty laundry out on this one because there are certain guys that do need Ambien. I was one of those guys. At the start of the year, I would go to training camp, get my physical, see the team doctor, say, hey, I need a prescription for Ambien. I would get my prescription, then through the course of the season, if I was getting low, I'd go to the trainer. I'd say, hey, um, I, I need a refill on, on Ambien. Boom, it would be there for me. Does it happen that I'm on the plane and I'm, I'm, I don't have an Ambien? I go, up, oh, dog, I get an Ambo off you? Of course that happens. You know, was there some nights that, you know, we had some drinks and then took an Ambo? Yeah, that happened. Should have we done it? Probably not. But it was the way it was. You got to find a way to shut the mill down. And there's certain guys out there that don't abuse it. And just take it because you got to get ready to perform the next day. So for that, it's just careful. I don't want him to ruin it for everyone that actually needs it because, Uppy, you know, if you play a back-to-back game and you get on the plane and you fly in, it's one thing that you need to get some sleep before you play the next day. And the second thing, if it's happening more now than ever, we talked about it for two fucking years, what these guys have sacrificed, locking them in hotel rooms. You can't go out for dinner. You can't do this. You can't do that because of COVID-19. Well, maybe they were fucking bored, Uppy. And if there are guys abusing it now, I got to think it has a little bit to do with making them fucking stay in a hotel room. So if that's the case, NHL, do your investigation, NHLPA. And if guys do have problems because of this, help them out. But throughout my career, I never got one without running it by the team doctor or the team physician. So, and second of all, the comments about Elaine Vigneault, updog, you know, I've never, you know, I was in AV's doghouse more than anyone, you know, there was times that I, you know, I respect him now as, as a 38-year-old guy looking back on him. I even respect him two or three years after I left Vancouver. My two years in Vancouver, I never seen him. He doesn't even talk to his players, let alone fucking force you to take an Ambien or a painkiller. So uh, I'm going to stick up for AV a little bit for, for the two, two years and a bit I played for him. I never once saw him do that. Maybe Robert Leonard did. To Robin Leonard, buddy, I'm not hating on you. I respect what you're doing. I just think on this one, just go through the NHL PA, and that would have been it, top dog. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but the, I, I think that the comments, 
the comments to AV are, to me, coming from Nolan Patrick, who's a new young kid on his team, who probably told him some stories about what's going on and why he struggled in Philly. And, yeah. and, and I bet you Robin sat with him and said, like, tell me, like, tell me about it. I, I was young in Buffalo and yeah. they fucked my ankle up. No, so, and I, so that's like where, and he's probably, he's probably sick of it. But yeah. uh, no, and I will say this about AV, and maybe this Nolan Patrick kid went through it. AV can be a prick, and in the way of pushing you aside and not talking to you and not letting you play and, and giving you mixed signals. Like it took me popping off in the media and fucking going yeah. bananas to where he called me in his office and finally talked to me man to man. I'm like, why did you not do this a year and a half ago? Like, it's been almost two fucking years, and we haven't had this conversation. So, AV, he sends mixed signals. So, maybe that's what he did to Noel Patrick. I'm not sure. Ups. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. But, Updog, uh, not, not an easy subject to talk about, but as ex-players, I felt like we should touch on it. On a brighter note, we got some young, young punks, not punks, young superstars, getting paid in Vancouver. Uh, Pedersen, three-year deal. What did he get? 7.3. And Hughes went six years, 7.8. Um, happy for them. I think Pedersen, the three-year deal, I think that's smart. I don't know why these guys don't do more of that bridge deal because with a new ESPN deal on TNT, who knows what the cap's going to be in three fucking years. So I think that's a smart deal for him. Uh, my question to you is our boy, Travis Green. He's got his guys locked and loaded. Uh, Oliver Ekber Larson, Garland picked up. Um Man, I'm excited for Greener. I, I hope Vancouver can take the next step here, and I, I really believe in Greener, and I know you do too. Yeah, no, these two kids are, you know, other teams need to need to step up and and, and get some of their guys signed. But uh, Pedersen Hughes, three years for for Pedersen, who's proven, you know, his points per game obes are up there with with some of the you know the best players in the league, some of the guys that are that are maxed out deals and and long term deals. I think it's a, I think it works, you know, for both sides where. You know, Jim Benning is, um, you know, Jim Benning has these guys signed just right up until his deals. Yeah, yeah. His, so this is oh, a, you know what? I'm in it as the manager. You guys are my young players. I drafted you. I'm going to take you right to the brink here so it works with our salary cap and fucking who, who cares what happens after it. But let's, you guys need to be my guys now. Yeah. You guys are my highest paid players and, and you got to play like a day in, day out. You know, the, the bridge deal, it's... It's prime time for a guy that that's a gamer. I mean, you know what? You're going to get qualified at, at just around eight million bucks. You're going to have arbitration rights, so they're not going to fucking screw you that much. And quite frankly, you can, you know, you can play this market like a LeBron James who's going one two year deals everywhere. Where you know what? If things aren't working out in Vancouver, you can move. If they if they are, you are going to sign for more than what you did now because you, you help them here. Yeah, you know so. Um, I think Hughes and you watched this kid all last year. He's he's world class. He moves the puck better than fucking half the D men who you know played the game their whole yeah. life. Um, he needs he, and listen offensively, like you said, he is gifted beyond belief. Defensively, he has some he has some room to improve, but it's hard to play defense in NHL, especially if you're a smaller, undersized guy like him. I think Oliver Ekman Larson will help him. They brought in a veteran guy like Luke Shen who. Fuck good on Shenner. I thought he was out of the league five years two ago. Two-year deal. Now he's got Stanley Cups and fucking yeah, two-year yeah. deals. Two. And holy fuck, Shenner, good on you, buddy. But for Pedersen, I made a comment a couple months ago on the program with uh, Dan and Randeep, my boys in Van City. Pedersen made some comments about, I want to win now. I want to be on a good team. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that, hey, man, and I'm sure he's the nicest guy ever, every Swedish guy is, you're the reason they're going to be a good team. You're the number one center. 
Let's get your deal done and get into Vancouver and take this team to where they belong, and you will be a fucking legend in Vancouver forever. So uh, good on him for signing. Greener, I love you. You got a little pressure on you now, buddy. You got a, you got all the you got all the tools in there. I think they're having a great year. Uh, congratulations to them. I wish them nothing but luck. Uh, our last segment is brought to you by our good friends at Aura Ring. Uh, it's simply called Team USA. Our next our guest this week is Matty Kachuk, fucking beauty. He will be on Team USA. Um, him and his brother, uh, the, the team that I saw are going to be on the same line. Jack Eichel, I don't want to talk about Buffalo. I want to talk about, you know, this poor guy, man. Like, this is his opportunity to play in the Olympics. Team USA needs him. Austin Matthews, number one center. Jack Eichel, number three, two center. And then it goes to like Larkin or someone. So they need Ikes and Matthews. I hope he can play. I'm going to ask Maddie about it. Um, I guess my question to you is, do you think they need a third party in here to figure out what they're going to do with Ikes? Because the longer it waits, he's going to end up missing the Olympics and the whole fucking year. Like, it's not good for anyone. It's not good for anyone. Uh, uh, a healthy Jack Eichel. Um, you know, I think it's known right now, too, that if this guy, if, if they let him go get his help, that he's he's got the best doctors in the world he's working with. Let's totally. be honest. He's Jack Eichel. If you make, if you're a world-class athlete right now, I'm just throwing this out there, you're not listening to your team doctor, nor should you. But just what I was talking about 10 minutes ago, you have the best access to the best doctors when anything happens now. And that's, you know, that's a right that the NHLPA has implemented now. Yeah. So I, I know what we were just talking about, but you're Jack Eichel. You're making, you're making the money you are. You're invested in by your team. You have, you have to have the right to see some of the best doctors. Now, I know he's been, you know, getting scans and seeing if it's healing. It's, you know, it's not where it is. It's not where he needs to be. He's, He's handcuffed. He's handcuffed. You know, is it the owner, Pagula? Is it, you know, GMs? Um, I think he's even said, if you let me get fixed, like I'll play. I'll, I'll stay in. I'll stay in Buffalo. Just let me do the surgery I want to do. It's it's you know. Yeah, he did say that at one point. So but now that they stripped him the sea and put him on long term, I don't, oh, I don't yeah, know now. if he can ever fucking go back and play there. So. It's just a stupid situation in Buffalo. Like, I, I mean, how do you get him in the Olympics? though? that's what I'm more worried about. So, than so like, he needs kid, the surgery. Let's to play get in him fucking Olympics. healthy so he can play in the Olympics. Like, it's an opportunity. The best players in the world are gonna fucking fly all the way to China. I hate China, but they're gonna fly all the way to China. I just think Kevin Adams. Listen, man, let this kid play for Team USA. Get him healthy, and then you know, just get him back on track. So, I, I, I hope it works out. But when I looked at Team USA yesterday. And I saw Ike's in there as a second line center. I'm like, God, I hope he can play up, dog. Is it is it his right to be able to play? Like, can Team America just like if say if he's say not, he's suspended by his NHL team, he could go play there, right? He would have to get some insh I don't know, ins different insurance probably for his contract if he got oh, yeah, hurt yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that totally. would be the probably part that was. That's a little. I mean, bit. he's he's late. That's, so the thing that's he, a weapon that they need on their team, big time. That's that. If you look at Team USA, we could pull it up here. They fucking their back end is solid. Um, the two Kachuk brothers. We got Maddie coming on here in a little bit. I love Brady Kachuk. I can't wait to talk to him about why the fuck the Sens have not signed this guy yet. Um, down the middle, Team USA, though, they got Matthews, Eichel. Um, I've seen lists that have Larkin as their third line center, and then some that have JT Miller, who's a winger. But if you're going to try to beat Team Canada, when we got McDavid, Crosby, Point, O'Reilly, you're going to need Jack Eichel down the pipe here. Like, right? They got they got a stocked lineup here. Their D are good. Look at their D. I might, you know what? Yeah, their D are great too. Seth Jones, Wierenski, Quinn Hughes, Carlson, McAvoy, Fox, Krug. Yeah, their D are good. Um, they're just a little thin up the middle. 
I like Matthew to Chuck, Brady to Chuck, and JT Miller. I like him with Jack Eichel, kind of. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll ask. We'll ask. Brady. I mean, you got Brock Besser up there right now on this one I'm looking at. Besser's um, a pure sniper. Pure sniper. And Kyle Connor's nasty. So Kyle Connor's almost, he can almost take Johnny Johnny Hockey's spot on the first line. That Kyle Connor can shoot it. He can fit. So on, are you excited they're going now? Like that they're actually going to be there? Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great for us. It's great for us. Yeah. I mean, fuck, we'll be watching games at noon over here. Just. Waking Getting pinned up. that fucking wild goose watching games. Yeah, we'll be sitting in the studio. Yeah. We'll be watching, you know, we'll do some live Olympic events and it'll be it'll be awesome. It's just awesome that these kids because a lot of them have, have grown up and watched their favorite players play in the Olympics and they haven't yet been able to. Yeah. And I like mean this. this is a big thing. It's a this is a big, big thing when you get to go and represent your country and, and let's guess, just hope that there's fans in the building. I guess that's what I'm I guess that's what I'm saying. And and that maybe is my message to Kevin Adams and listen. He doesn't know me from a hole in the wall, so I know he doesn't give a fuck what I think. But it's almost bigger than just even the Buffalo Sabres and Jack Eichel. Like, move on, and it's a good time for Buffalo to move on. I know you want to get the most you can for a superstar player. I get it. It's going to sting either way. Like, you just have to hope Owen Power is going to be the next Victor Hedman like everyone says he's going to be. But for Jack, like, I mean, I just want this kid to get out there and play hockey, man. Get healthy, play for Team USA, and get him back on track because it's good for hockey in the States, it's good for the NHL, and you need Jack Eichel healthy plan. So yeah. I just hope that when we do watch the Olympics, that Ikes is on that team because that Team USA is a bit of a wagon. Like, it'll be fun to watch them play. Yeah. So, And if it's the owner there, Pagula, like, wake up. He's, you know, it's Jack Eichel. He can, he's your franchise yeah. right now. You know what? You got to take care of this kid because it's going to ruin your franchise if you let this they've, fall out of control. They've already like... So figure it out. Yeah, they've already fucked it up enough. So up dog, always a pleasure doing the weekly rundown with you. We got a, an old pro, an old soul, but a young superstar, Matty Kachuk, coming at you next. It's been a great start to the NFL season and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. DraftKings is putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use code CURFEWKINGS. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code CURFEWKINGS to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. Code CURFEWKINGS only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner in the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Up dog, candidates, baby. Um, I got a lip boomer in right now. I think I got, let me check. What do you got in the pocket let today? Me check what I got. Oh yeah. For the Broadway, I got the tangy citrus flavor. Cause he liked that. And the mango member, you know what I love about there these tins is that it. you can just snap it. I feel like I'm in junior hockey here again. Hey, just and snapping it around. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man. You know what? You know, what? I always have it in my back pocket for, for golf. It, it balances in, you out, balances me out, sits in there. Well, tangy citrus, Mango were the Broadway's favorites. I like them all. I mix and match them. I go American Spice, Wintergreen. You put, I put it all together. Um, promo code Curfew, Curfew Cali, Cali, baby. Get it in you. I suggest you do the O'Brien. Five California rolls. So five times five, 25 tins coming at you 
promo code curfew cali to the candidate boys thank you for everything the last month you guys have been solid good team guy glue guys up dog lip boomers www.canadipcbd.com promo code curfew cali curfew cali Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Mr. Curfew. Updog, always a pleasure snapping around with you, buddy, in the rundown. Fucking NHL hockey, start next week. The boys are almost pre- through preseason, which we know as ex-guys, that preseason, it can't get over soon enough. We got to start watching hockey now again. I've been watching. I watched this guy play last night a little bit. He went little toe drag. Oh, he city. did, he went I little bet. toe drag city snipe on, uh, I don't know if it was Smitty or the finish little goal. Battle anymore. of Alberta preseason style. Yeah. Maddie Kachuk, buddy, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you having on. I know camp's going tough, so thank you for, for making some time for missing curfew. Absolutely, boys. Well, camp nowadays is like three years long, so of course I got time for this. <laughs> And Uppy brings up the Battle of Alberta, Maddie. And listen, man, when you first got in the league, I obviously loved your game. I was like, fuck, this guy would be great to have on your team. And to play against him, you probably would have drawn me into a few minors. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> when you brought the Battle of Alberta back, when you when you hit Cassian, and was it something that just happened? Or was it something that you wanted to get some you know fight back? Or is just that's the way you play the game and it turned out that way? Honestly, God, it's just something that just happened. Yeah. I... Uh... It's crazy because going through the draft in 2016, it was either between Edmonton and Calgary. Like I, I remember vividly seeing my name on the back of an Oilers jersey with the 16. My mom and I looked both looked at Daryl Cates. He gave us like the head nod, like they're <laughs> drafting us. And then Poyarvi uh, went uh, or Dubois went third, and I kind of threw a wrench into things. And I think they just panic picked and took Poyarvi, <laughs> who was the best player available at that time, had a great year, and you know deserved to go there, but. So it's kind of crazy going through that process. I know before the draft, I flew to Edmonton. I flew to Calgary. I had no idea what the Battle of Alberta was, to be honest. I think they were the two teams that I never grew up watching just because yeah, they were late course. games. And oh, I, um, I remember watching Vancouver a bit because of Sedin and stuff, but they played the Blues a few times, swept my dad when um, he was at the end <laughs> of his career. So I, uh, I watched them a bit, but knew nothing about those two teams. And it was just funny that they were uh, – I was going to one of them, end up in Calgary, and I couldn't be happier, so – um, the fact that the battle's back is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, it's I think Kelly. Great. I think Kelly Buckberger got beat up every <laughs> every battle of Alberta. God bless his soul. Yeah, but fuck, there were so many fights. Like I just look back and I think of like the Bill Ranford, Mike Vernon, fucking. It would just be. Oh yeah, you had to pair off with everyone on the t- on the team back then. Yeah, it was like that, and I did grow up watching it, Maddie. So it's it's a pleasure. To be able to fucking say that it's back on. It's a pleasure. And then it went from like, you know, Calgary and Edmonton were both kind of bad for a bit. And then McDavid goes to Edmonton and Maddie comes into Calgary. And I was like, all right, this has potential. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose that night. And I was like, then Smitty's awesome. fighting Talbot. I'm like, this is fucking hockey. Here we go. It's back, baby. Yeah. So those hey, games were nuts. They were nuts. nuts. Like, I honestly, God, we we're back to back games right after All Star break. And everybody knew there. I'll never forget walking. So that game we played in St. Louis for the uh, the All-Star game, we flew back, played St. Louis in just like a throwaway game because everyone was focused on the Battle of Alberta the two, <laughs> next two games. And we fly to Edmonton, play a back-to-back. We brought our own security for me. We brought bodies. They weren't allowing me to walk to the game. I had to take my own bus. They had me walk. Um, well, I walked to pregame skate, and fans were already right there at all the signs and cameras and all the bullshit. So I uh, – Hey, I had to take my own bus to the game, which was pretty funny. We're staying in the hotel that's in the rink, basically. So it was, uh, yeah, those games were, I think when like a few years, once it starts to die down, maybe a bit or whenever I'll be able to look back on them and I'll laugh. It was, it was a good time. 
It's all fucking like, so. Yeah, so you have 105 pims your first year, and I remember like so. I remember the uh, vividly the hit on Cassian, and I, I hardly tweet about anything. I fucking hate Twitter, but anyway, I jump on Twitter, and it's it's like two angles, Maddie. If you just like. It's just prime time, coming down and, and finishing a check, and I've did it a thousand times. It's a hit times. that was when in our when we played. It, Madden, it was it happened a thousand all the time. times. All so time. I break it down, and I'm like, "This is fucking like hockey 101." But he absolutely buries a guy, and now it's on, right? So I, I tweet something like this, and Chaser Kelly Chase, he writes me right, and he's like, "Up dog, you shouldn't be saying anything. I've seen you do this a million times," and and he's like, "Maddie could take care of himself." And he, so this is what he says to me, and then sure enough. And this is, we always talk about young guys having respect in the league. Sure enough, fucking you step up and it changes the whole way yeah. you get viewed in the league and how older guys look at you, how much respect and, and, and space you get in front of the net. So I guess leading into, you know, th that game, knowing that you're, it's time to step up as a young guy, what was that feeling like? And like, it, it's changed probably how you get treated in the league right now. Cause you bring it on both ends, leadership, scoring, and fucking you can, you can fight. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that I don't know if I really looked at it as one of those things that I had to do it. Like, I wanted to do it. Like, I, I mean, I don't fight guys because I feel like I have to. Like, I, I'd want to. So, I, uh, I do remember though. Like, I wasn't worried about that game. We had the Blues to take care of first. I'm dead serious when I say this. Like, I, you know, probably in the back of my head, I was, I was thinking about that game. But um, playing the Blues first, we fly back to back. Like I said, to Edmonton. Remember that next day, for some reason, before my nap, I was like, you know, I want to do this. Fuck it. And uh, <laughs> YouTube or hockey fights, fights, whatever, some of Cassian's fights. And I'm like, oh, you know, he fought Brow. Um, you know, I played with Brow. I've seen him fight a couple times. Let's take a look at this one. Poor Brow. He just got fed with a couple <laughs> lefts. I just remember shutting the laptop. Yeah. Like, All right, boys, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> no, Matty. <laughs> hey, the hockey fight thing's a dangerous thing. That's I did it too, my, when oh, I was young in the league. I pulled, I'm like, oh my God, that guy got, he pumped that guy, fought that guy, that guy pumped me. So, um, but I've seen Brow, I've seen Brow fight when I played with him for two years. Like, one, honest to God, one of my favorite teammates. And um, had a, he had a couple good ones. He's a tough guy. And I was like, yeah. Oh boy. No, oh I give boy. you, and, and Maddie, I love that you're like, I want to do it because, you know, that's, if you don't want to do it, I told guys that tried to fight, I'm like, listen, you, you don't have it in you, buddy, then, then don't do it. But you want to have it in you. But still, Cassian, man, like, he was, he's a fucking he's tough scary, guy. Yeah. I remember when you went out there and you fucking dropped your stuff, I was like, I was already a fan of you. But when you did that, did that like Updog said as an ex player and a veteran guy, I was like, I mean, there's nothing you can say to this guy now. Nobody on Edmonton can chirp you because you went out and fought the toughest guy on their team. Yeah, no, and it was um, honestly looking at big picture. It was just kind of the start of bringing the rivalry back, like you guys said. And um, I wouldn't change one thing that's happened in my career so far, and I wouldn't, you know, do it anything any differently. So um, I'm happy that that was one of the ways to bring that rivalry back. And um, I love playing in Edmonton. Like even in preseason, they hate me. Yeah. It's awesome, yeah. and uh, it's it's they're they're really fun games, but. Those two in particular, the uh, the goalie fight game was awesome. It was, you know, even though we'd lost it, everyone's going to remember that one forever too. So uh, um, yeah. good times, boys. Good times. Hey, you, you made my whatever Tuesday, Wednesday night in Newport Beach. I was firing up some chicken. <laughs> I fucking, I, I, you made my night, Maddie. So Sharkies, I appreciate it. Yeah, Sharkies watching I, I appreciate it. it. Um, we're going to get into some, we're going to get into some Calgary stuff and, and this year, but um, we want to touch on St. Louis. I've got some St. Louis stuff and, um, it's funny. I bump into you at the Conor McGregor fight. You're with Walt, your brother Brady, and you're like, Obi, Obi. 
I'm like, holy fuck, it's Maddie Kachuk. What's up? I'm like, what's up, Maddie? You're like, what the fuck did you say? So I went on NHL Sirius XM with my boy Cools, and I didn't say like Maddie Kachuk wants a fucking trade. I said he would be a great fit for St. Louis. And I woke up and you talk about the passionate fans in Edmonton. Well, your fans in Calgary, buddy, I thought I was playing in Vancouver again. I turned one over in the third to cost us the game because it was just a shitstorm of O'Brien, you fucking drunk, you fat fuck. You don't know anything. I'm like, Oh, like, so what was, was, was your Twitter going off a bit too? Or what, what happened? Yeah. Is there any girls in here? Yeah, is there any girls in this mix here? Just chirping me or what? She's cute. Boys. Was your Twitter going? Boys, I get like texts from the PR guys, you know, the managers, fucking players. It was not, it was this is like june 4th like i just golf like it's two weeks after the season like sorry let me go, bro. Have, a mar- let me go have a couple margs in golf like boys i don't need this right now like this is and then i looked to see what happened and it was harmful like you know how twitter yeah. is it's yeah. it's you could take any quotes from anybody and ah, social media is too much yeah, we were- for me these days guys but that's that's just a perfect example and i obviously knew kind of what you're going at but yeah brady and i were all liquored up in vegas otherwise we wouldn't have said too much to you about it but we had to it was perfect that oh was buddy no that hey, was, my dude. dad loved it my dad oh, loved i bet it. maddie ball, you handled ball. it buddy you handled it like a pro because then honestly man i i didn't know you then right like and i was like i kind of felt bad i was like fuck i love this kid's game like i don't like exactly it's june you're playing golf i don't need this kid having to answer fucking questions about like i just thought as an ex-guy that's doing media i love the st louis blues i love ryan o'reilly Fucking Maddie Kachuk would be a great fit. That's all I said, and it just went fucking everywhere in Canada and Cowtown. So I, thank you. You handled it amazing, buddy, the way you came up to me because I did feel like a little bad about it, fella. No, we no just- worries. That was a, uh, trust me when I say this, there's been a lot worse on social media. <laughs> <my>. <laughs> We're just looking for that a couple was, scoops. Uh, that yeah. was nothing. That's, that's a Tuesday. That's just a normal Tuesday for me. So that was, uh, no, but it was pretty funny. What's it like to be in, just bring back the Vegas part. What's it like to go to Vegas with your brother, you know, who's a stud too now and, and your old man, like who's, who's leading the charge walking through the hotels there? Well, it was, uh, my dad, my brother and my, my uncle, my dad's brother. We kind of treat it as my dad's father's day slash 50th. Like he's turning 50, one of these, one of these years, I think it's this coming <laughs> year. So we, uh, treated him for his little 50th. So bring a plus one, he brought his brother and me and my brother. So it was perfect. Four of us, uh, Noah Hannafin came, brought some buddies, brought his dad. It was just a great crew. And so since it was his, you know, his treat, we planned most of it. Um, but he still got that swagger. Like he walked back in there when he was playing for the Coyotes back in the day with Talk and JR and those were like, he's still, he's still got a few hookups. So um, <laughs> we land, gosh, trying to think of the quick itinerary without boring you guys. I mean, we flew out from Boston on a Friday morning at 8 a.m., which is what, 5 a.m. in, yeah. in Vegas. The TOs were flowing on that flight. So we land, we go wait to uh, a quick, it was like a quick in and out at a, a pool. Just, it was a hundred degrees. Got to get it some sun. Um, hit the craps table for a bit, for a, for a little bit. And uh, then went to dinner. And honestly, the night wasn't too crazy because we want to save for Saturday and um, hit the sports book for a bit. But to answer your question, I think my dad still got, He's still got the swagger walking around there. It's not my and Brady's show yet. I think they're still the same sheriff in town when we go yeah, there. So that's awesome. um, we had a uh, we had a blast, um, but it was quick. We flew in Friday, left Sunday morning. Um, but Ob- Obes, you know, like that was that's spectacular. That's unbelievable. Like Dude. I've never gone to an MMA fight. My brother's a huge fan. I'm honestly not a huge huge fan, or I am a fan, but I don't watch it as much as he does. But I, I can't wait to go to another one soon. That was unbelievable. 
Yeah, man. When I'm a diehard UFC guy, and obviously as an Irish guy, I love McGregor. And it's been so long since I've been in a barn with people because of COVID, right? But when he walked yeah. out, Maddie, and they played that Irish fucking jig that he comes out to, and the, all I was like, here we go. It's on. Like the goosebumps, and obviously the fight sucked because he broke his leg. But yeah, it was it was a spectacle, man. It gave me it gave me chills. Up. Highest paid athlete in the world. Just off I, of shitty whiskey. Yeah, shitty whiskey and, <laughs> and a couple leg kicks. See yeah. you later. I was going to say, without that without that whiskey, though, he might still be winning. I think he's you know, I, hitting the pack, hit, pack it in button, but that's all right. He's, no, he's, he's I probably been, would, too. He's been living at the Beverly Hills Hotel. He's getting treatment <laughs> rehab out here, getting pinned at the Beverly Hills Hotel every day. I was like, fuck Connor. Now they got like, a nice pool there. They got a nice pool. brunch. He lived there for fucking like three months after the fight. Um, let me bring up your old man and, and St. Louis. We... You know, I've, I've often talked about Steiner on here, who we love and I love, and you know you look up to him too, being a St. Louis boy. But uh, you grew up in such a hockey town. Uh, almost every fucking guy that plays in St. Louis either married a girl from there or lives back there still. You know, it's that fishbowl mentality. Everyone loves hockey. Everyone loves sports. The Cardinals have been fucking on fire. Um, but you were like, you grew up as a little kid in in like the rink, hanging out with your old man, watching him have beers after wins with his buddies. Yeah, is there anyone like you looked up to? I mean, you had Prongs, you had McGinnis, you had Brett Hall on your teams. You had like all-star, legendary Hall of Fame teams in St. Louis. So you got to look up to these guys. What did that mean to you as a kid and to your brother, Brady? And and just like, you know, when you see older guys on your team now, like Troy Brower and, and you, you know, I'm just bringing up Brower. I played with him too. But, you know, I love when these guys bring their kids into the room. And just mm-hmm. what, what did that do to you as a young kid growing up? And, and like, how did it how did it evolve you as a, as a person and a player? Well, to answer your last part first, like when I came in as an 18-year-old, nothing was new to me. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I was able to come in like very seamlessly. I'm not even talking on the ice. Like on the ice, that stuff's going to take care of itself. But it's more, you know, as an 18-year-old, like what do you do for, you know, team parties or on the plane or how do you treat the trainers? I knew all that before anybody else did. I think that was probably the thing that helped me the most. And um going back to who i looked up to um well when i played in arizona he's the captain he's the man he was only there for the first three years of my life but him keeping in touch with all the guys since then for example we saw rick talking when we were in vegas for that fight and hung out with him one day jr is one of his closest buddies who is in an absolute riot and is one of my favorite guys <laughs> and then going back to st louis he doug Waite, for example we were in st louis with him not too long ago when absolute legend he is and al mckinnis you mentioned as well he's he's one of my favorite uh, of my dad's teammates and that's not even getting getting into who lived at my house um david backus um philip mccray lee stempniak were all guys that lived Stemper. with us for at least a, oh stempers a beauty yeah, and I, I, honestly yeah, we, my brother and i like those guys more than my dad our, our, our dad was just a dad he wasn't a uh you know, he was a guy just going out there snapping a few draws back would maybe get a pe- uh, peeper goal every once in a while. But <laughs> Lee and David Backus for the new studs coming in with Oshie and Berglund and Perry and all these guys. So, um, you know, honest, honestly, I think that off the ice had helped us way more than on the ice. Um, but having a guy who scored 500 goals and played over a thousand games doesn't have doesn't help or doesn't hurt to have uh, in your corner when it comes to the on ice stuff. Maddie, man, that's a great point that you just mentioned about being 18 years old and being around the game your whole life and stepping into an NHL dressing room and being like, okay, I've been here before because a lot of young guys I played with on the ice, they seem fine, right? They could play the game. They had some growing pains on the ice, but then in the room and on the road and you could see like 
you know, they're having a hard time fitting in. So that's, I've never looked at it from a perspective of a guy whose dad's played, but that's a huge, yes. a huge advantage to feeling like, okay, I've been here before. Like I'll respect the veteran guys, but I'm not intimidated of, of how to be an NHL or be in the room. Exactly. And, and it's even like stupid stuff. Like I remember flying with uh, my dad towards the end of his career, like the last three years would take my brother and I on a trip each year, <laughs> just throw us on the plane, tell Andy Murray's like, Hey, the boys are coming with me. And we'd sit back there, watch him play cards. So what's the first thing I do when I get on the plane for my first year? Right to the card table. I've been totally, never there bro. ever since. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's simple stuff too, like money on the board. I knew what that was before I was even 18 and getting into the NHL, how to treat the trainers, taking care of you know, all the stuff. And um, honestly, it was, it's, it's been very, very helpful, but mainly off the ice. Yeah, that's, and and the cards are important. Like you got to get on the plane with the boys and play cards. Like I have had so many good teammates because of the card table that makes you want to battle harder for them because you snap it around on the plane with them. I think you're a better Absolutely. team. You're a better team if you have a good card game. Yes, uh, the best oh. teams I have. And I, yeah, and I always loved a young Absolutely. kid like wanting to get into the card game, but there's maybe not a seat. And you're just like, you know what? I I fucking respect this kid so much. Hey, take my seat, kid. I'll stand up here. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just so much better camaraderie. <laughs> I remember in Vancouver, Grabner, eh? Grabs wanted to come to the card table, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you can play Grabs. You're a good kid, first rounder. But he's just a stinky fucking Austrian or whatever he was. So. <laughs> oh. Three, I'm like, crabs, if you're going to sit here at the card table, go fire some deodorant on because you're fucking killing me, buddy. But he was a young guy. We're like, I, yeah, uh, come to the card table. Come to the card table. Yeah, my first card table that year, they needed another guy. I think the guy who was there before, uh, it might have been Big Earn or a couple <laughs> guys before. Uh, it might have been him or a guy who filled in from that year before me, but it was myself. Troy Brower, Matt Stajan, who's another legend. I love Stage. I and love Stage. Uh, and Sam Bennett, who's one of my best buddies. So it was uh, it was awesome. We were at that table for two years, and then um, Stage and Brower were gone. But um, have, I've had a great table every year since. So it's, yeah, my, my, my honestly, it's the best. It's one of the best parts of the NHL. Yeah. Like I, my the rides, playing some music. Maddie, listen, my my short cup of coffee in Cowtown was not it was not a highlight of my career. I had that fucking French idiot Hartley, but. I had my card table was bigger. Heard some stories about big, him. Yeah, big urn stage, and I believe Yuri Hoodler on our side. So we had a good little oh, wow. card table, and big urn would lose a hand and smash the fucking roof of the plane. <laughs> so, uh, but stage it is a great is one of my favorite teammates too. Stage did a uh, stage got me with one of my favorite pranks, um, which I still try to get guys on. Is he uh, you know the chocolate almond that you throw on the plane? Oh, yeah. He uh, he put one right under my seat, and I don't know if I was wearing my suit or if I threw on sweatpants or maybe shorts. Four-hour flight from coming home from maybe Carolina or Florida, and of course, like it's smeared all over my pants. And he just <laughs> right when I got up after the flight, he yells right down to the element. <laughs> it was freaking hysterical. He was. Uh, he was great. You gonna you gonna ask Monty about Big Earn throwing fucking fruit at him and smearing fruit on Monty's dress shirt his rookie year? Poor Monty. That's was, oh, I, Ma, oh, yeah. Monty would tell me he would throw blueberries right in front of Monty to smash it. Right, and he would go right all over he would his just shirt. Just smash him right in front of Monty. Monty's like, oh, it's hilarious. And he'd punch the windows and oh, Big how Earth's is Big Earn? Yeah, how is you, how's you, our boy Big Earn? You see a Big Earn around the rink now with COVID calming down and stuff because I love that fucking beauty. He's hysterical. He uh, he wasn't around last year with everything, but he's been around again this year. Um, and ever since I've been there, he's been in the player development and, and there around the rink a, a ton. He uh, funniest thing that's probably happened to me in my career is what Bigger and did. He we you know how after practice you have like the lunch spread, you got the meats, you got the cheeses, all that all that stuff, the salads. Well, 
it's we're flying to Anaheim. Let's call it a Monday. I fly. <laughs> we were at the ring practicing. We fly there Monday, play them Tuesday, day off, and then maybe rookie dinner on Wednesday. Well, I'm getting in the cab, going to uh, we're going to Big Dean's in Santa Monica, and I'm going to pay the uh, pay the cab driver whatever it is for the for the ride. I go into my wallet, and in between two ones, there's a huge piece of roast beef <laughs> that he just threw right in my wallet, and he threw it there on Saturday, the day before our home game, and it's been sitting in my wallet. And he's such he's so greasy that he put it in between the two ones knowing i would never like spend two one dollar bills american the bill was like whatever and i needed to use it and monty's in the cab with me he couldn't stop laughing for the rest of the night and he goes oh i know exactly who it was texted bigger and he <laughs> bigger and just gives a crying emoji oh, uh, face or whatever and it scary. was uh it was all time but he's he did that stuff to monty of his first few years and he's uh even though he's not a part of the you know, the in the locker room every day, he's still got those jokes that he pulls. He's he's awesome. Yeah, bigger, and he was he was one of my favorites. I got him down in San Diego. I played against my whole career, but then we were both near the end of our career down in San Diego. And having him down there, Maddie, made it way more enjoyable for me. And in Calgary, me and him were both fucking not playing very much, so I could lean on him. But I mean, he's. For funny guys at the rink, like some guys probably hated the big urn, like but oh, he's all over them all the But time, yeah. for just pure entertainment and making the boys laugh if things aren't going well, there was not many better. Monty and Sage told me a good one with him that he scored from the red line one game and then oh, tried yeah. it for like the next forty games. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Every time and I would only get hey, I'd only get on the I would only get on the ice with the fourth line. Every time Bigger got the puck after he scored for the red line, rip it in again. I'm like, fella, fuck, like soft chip it so we can play in the fucking offensive zone here first. Yeah, year. how do you like to be his centerman? Uh, fuck, I'm open. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about their pickups this year. A couple yeah. of big, nice veteran pickups. Yeah. My boy, Brad Richardson, uh, Trevor Lewis, you got, but I was talking with Richie, me and him grew up training together. Uh, I think those pickups for a guy like you, Maddie is huge. You, you know, you obviously might like, like Richie in the room, but it must be nice to have a couple Stanley cup winning veteran guys to lean on. Absolutely. And they know what it's like playing for Daryl and the way he likes to play and how to have success playing for him. And, um, like you said, just being on winning teams. And we have Blake Coleman, again, as somebody who's won yeah. back-to-back years. And um, we've got a lot of guys that have won before, whether it's 10 years ago or recently. So um, it's nice to have as many Stanley Cup champions as you can. Um, it doesn't hurt at all. Um, a lot of veteran guys, a lot of big personalities, which I really like as a as a personality too. Like I love love having guys to shoot the shit with and that are you know lively and like to have – some fun and um our great guys there so um we've we've had a great team right now on the ice off the ice had a lot of fun and um yeah lots of big personalities which excites me for the rest of this year yeah richie said the same thing i checked in with him last week i said how are the groins doing buddy are they barking or what (laughs) what he said yeah i had to take a maintenance day and then he said (laughs) he said the same thing you said matt he said great fucking guys here Good personality and and fun to be in the dressing room. So for me and Uppy, as you know, as ex guys, I'm Maddie. I'm a big believer in that. Like you can have everybody has talent in the NHL, but if you can have a dressing room where guys truly get along and enjoy it, like you guys did in St. Louis, yeah. it makes a huge difference. Huge, huge, and just even even something like this. We um, today we've got a day off or a practice day in Winnipeg, and pretty much every single person on the team went together for lunch after and. Um, so it's just little stuff like that. That's been a blast to be a part of, even though it's been so short so far, but it just excites me for the year. 
Um, you talked about Daryl Sutter. Uh, he's, he's, I love this guy. I love this he's guy's post game thing. Uppy told a story about him when you guys first hired him about him fucking hitting his head on the bus to try to get the boys going. <laughs> What's he like? And do you ever catch his post game press conference and, and have a good chuckle? Because Maddie, they're my favorite thing in the world right now. <laughs> Every once in a while, just on social media, like I don't, I don't really follow the yeah. the post game interviews. But if something's so viral where like multiple people put it out there, like I'm sure I'll. I'll come across it, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, they're, they're pretty funny. He's pretty honest. He's brutally honest, which a lot of people don't like and what a lot of people aren't really used to in today's world being brutally honest. So it's nice to have that still. Um, yeah. And, and I'll be story about the head, <laughs> head <laughs> off the bus. I've, I've heard the head on the plane, looking back after loss, if a guy, a couple of guys are playing some cards, whatever, banging it off the, the glove department or whatever it is. So. Maddie Lombardi. Those two. I haven't seen him yet, but I've I've heard about him. But for for you, Maddie, like you know, he's an old school guy. I think you know Tree Living, uh, who I respect, Brad Tree Living a lot, and was good to me when when I did get put on waivers with Calgary and treated him with respect and made the process a little bit easier. He brought it in to spark you guys, but he, you know, you're when I thought about, it, I was like, well, you're a perfect player for him. Do you do you feel the same way about it? like this guy is old school and it fits your style of play, or it doesn't matter to you? Yeah, I mean, I. It, I'm going to play the same way, no yeah. matter who's coaching, no matter what the the philosophy or the systems are, or X's and O's, all that stuff. I'm going to play the same way, but um, it's it's definitely nice having somebody who thinks similar to me um, yeah. when it comes to that stuff and um, and and wants me and is encouraging me to play that style. It's 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 pretty good. And Maddie, I just want to talk to you about obviously Geo left in, in, with Seattle, and I played with Geo for a little bit of time. And fuck, the guy worked so hard. I was like, Jesus, man, he's a, he's calm, stuck around. Calm down a bit. Yeah. Like, you're just yeah. you're you're working so hard. But on a leadership role, hey, listen, I know you're still a young kid. Um, are you looking for a bigger role? Are you embracing it, or just going to be the same guy and play the same way? Or is it something you thought about when Geo left town? I don't think it was something necessarily that I'm going to change, but you know, I think the thought goes through your mind and, and showing up to the rank with things being so different without him here. I mean, he's been a staple of this organization for 15 or so years and been a great player and the captain for most of them. So um, first few days of camp, it was definitely different. Like yeah. for anybody that's going to tell you, oh, you know, we move on different, you know, just a player on your team that's gone. Like, no, it was different. It was definitely different. And, um, we've got a lot of guys that have grown up playing under him and been assistant captains with him and just playing on his team in general. So I think we're taking a lot of um, a lot of the lessons that he taught us and applying them to our team now. But it's it's been it's been weird. But he's when it comes down to it, we played him once already in preseason and he's on a different team. We've got to move on. So um, I think that I'm going to continue to be the same way I am. Um, I, I don't change a thing with, uh, being an assistant captain, no captain, no assistant captain. Just, I'm, I'm a pretty passionate player, passionate person, pretty big personality. I'm just going to go about things the same way, but, um, it's nice having, like we just talked about some older guys come in like the Richie, Louie, um, good Branson. We've got Luch, Backlund, Tanner, lot, lots of guys that I really look up to. So, um, it makes it a lot easier for me. Yeah, and for me, Maddie, like I was a vocal guy in the dressing room. <clears throat> it helped me play better. Sometimes some of my teammates probably that didn't like me were probably like, shut the fuck up. What was but are you you talk a lot between periods or do you just focus on the game? What's your mentality in the dressing room? Are you more of lead by example or raw raw get the boys going or somewhere in between? Well, normally the, I'm I'm very passionate, so um I think that hurts me a little bit too, <laughs> where if things aren't going well, I I wear my heart on a sleeve and I think that's might be what some guys maybe 
might not like, you know, where the old saying be even killed. Yeah. I'm not really even keel. I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty passionate. So I got to work on that a bit, but I, uh, I like to get the guys going in between periods or before games. But, uh, I'd say if I, in a perfect world, I'd just like my play to speak for itself. Love it. Totally. I always like just, you know, knowing that fucking you're always engaged if you're chirping, yeah, like and chirping to your guys and chirping tunes and, you know, getting up fucking dancing you know, throwing the fucking stick yeah. across the room. There was nothing like, I hated like more. In sewer, like in sewer, I'm all over the boys. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so you gotta be. Yeah. You gotta be. That, you gotta be. That's different, though. That's a hey, listen. Different. That, I'm glad you brought that up because playing two touch and sewer and guys builds relationships on teams too, right? 100%. I, I was Absolutely. better friends with Patrick Hornquist because we tried to sewer each other in Nashville in every soccer game. It made us a tighter nip two guys that played together because I wasn't letting them off the hook all in right. the two touch game, like. Uh, I want to jump into Olympics because it's a huge year. Yeah, we, we just, just talked about it. And and fired up. I mean, it, it, this is finally exciting. You watched your old man probably play in the Olympics. You've never had a chance to. Um, you know, for younger guys out there, it's, you know, it, it could be a dream come true for, for to wear your jersey. I'm, I'm looking. We looked up and down, you know, Team America's lineup. It's stacked. You got to be excited for, you know, for a year with Olympics around the corner and that you guys are getting the chance to go. Um, you know, they haven't mentioned any names as far as the U.S. bringing three guys yet. But uh, can you share some of that excitement knowing that uh, you guys are headed over there? Well, I, I think that it's definitely in the back of my mind and I'm sure a lot of other players' minds to have a chance to compete for a spot on that team. But I think at the end of the day that we want, we want to win. I want to win in Calgary right now. And if yeah. you play well and you win some games and you produce and do everything, you're going to have a chance to compete for team USA. But I think that the opportunity for myself to play in an Olympics where I got to see my dad play in person once and clips of four times, it's, it, it'd be pretty surreal. And if I had the chance to do it with my brother, play on the same team as him, potentially, you know, a couple shifts with them or whatever, like it, I don't even I don't even know where that would rank at the end of my life totally, when it comes yeah. to, you know, proudest moments. So I, uh, it's definitely an honor to be in a conversation for a spot right now. And, um, just got to work my ass off because that's, uh, ever since watching miracle at a young age yeah. and watching my dad in Torino and what 06, it would be, uh, it would, it would honestly be the, you know, one of the proudest moments of my life. And there's, there's really nothing like wearing the USA Jersey. I played world juniors and under 17, under 18, even though they're, way less you know impactful than the olympics it's still very very i'm very proud to wear that usa jersey every chance i can get so if i can get a chance this would be unbelievable yeah i actually fired miracle on about a month ago i don't know why i was oh, fucking yeah. running out of shit i fired on it still fired me up i was like i'm canadian it's, I, the, I, best. I, it's the best it's the best i was like <laughs> fuck here we go i wish i was going there competing right now with the boys but um Maddie, we appreciate you taking time during camp to come on here, buddy. We're, we're big fans of you here at Mr. Curfew. Me and Updog are pulling for you and your boys in Calgary. And um, you wanted to say something about our boy, Broadway, Jimmy Scoops. Yeah, I just think that I would say there's probably two stories that stick out to me about him um, that show how much we looked up to him first. I remember him playing in the uh, – it would have been the before the final four. So like the sweet 16 and the elite eight or whatever it was in college hockey. And they were playing in St. Louis against Colorado college where Jaden Schwartz was playing at the time. And I think if I can remember, I think Colorado college might've won, but I remember being so excited for Jimmy and Kevin both to come uh, and play for BC. 
and meanwhile, my dad scored 500 goals at this point and has been, you know, an unbelievable player, but um, we looked up to Kevin and Jimmy and um, I just remember being so, so, so excited and being able to see them the day before going to their practices, being around uh, big Kev and, and the rest of their family. And um, those are very, very, very exciting times as a youth hockey player and looking up and going to Boston and seeing them play, seeing Kevin play at Nobles and just following them throughout their career. And, um, you know, kind of throughout them getting drafted and everything, the amount of support that we had for them and how much we looked up to them was, was way more than he's ever going to know. And, um, you know, it, it was, it's just very, they're very important to me and my brother as hockey players and obviously as people, but, um, and then another one of the, my favorite stories, how much he kind of just like cared about, you know, the people that grew up with him in Boston cared about me and, um, we were playing, I was playing at the U S team and I was in the under 17s and you guys know how it is. You fly in late, you get there, you kind of scramble for dinner. If you get in too late. And um, I remember they were playing Detroit on I just call it a Friday night and Thursday, they land very late and him and frosty last second, you know, they should be going to bed soon. They should be um, getting ready for the next night. Fire me a text and want to meet me for dinner. And this is late. Like I already had dinner and they wanted to drive all the way from downtown Detroit to Ann Arbor just to see me and hang out and have a quick dinner. And um, it was, it was very quick, but um, the fact that they wanted to do that and the fact that they were willing to give up the rest of their night where they, I know how it is and how <laughs> nights out in the NHL, you know, can be. And, and um, for them to give that up and to come hang out with me as a 16 year old playing for the U S team was, um, you know, probably one of the last real times that I got to hang out and have a long night with Jimmy and, and, and obviously Frost and, you know, very, very important to me and something that I could have easily forgotten, but I'm never going to forget that. Just how at, even at the time I was like, that's the nicest thing, you know, people could do. So um, obviously miss him dearly and, um, you know, very important part uh, to a lot of guys' lives. Well said, buddy. Well said, Matty. You're a, you're a beauty, buddy. We're pulling for you. Like we said, when you guys come down and make the West Coast swing here, we'll, we'll grab some dinner or something and, um, We'll put it on the missing curfew account for you, buddy. We'll, we'll take you out for a little bite to eat, pal. All right? uh, free 99. Well, sign I, me think, up. I think we got enough money in the account now we could take you for dinner. So so good luck. <laughs> Keep her going, buddy. And we thank you for taking time during camp. We know how busy it is, Matty. But go get him this year, buddy. And uh, you're fun to watch, my man. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Love listening to you guys. So uh, keep it up and looking forward to the next one. Getting Big Walt on, hopefully, one of these days. Hey? That'd be we awesome. Should. He's That'd got be some, awesome. He'll have some good ones for us. So. And maybe if Brady eventually signs or whatever he's doing right now, he can come on. But <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see. Ottawa, figure it out. Sign that kid. He's, I love watching him play, too. He's just he's a dying breed. Sign him. Give him the C. Give him everything. Give him the sign key. this guy. Give him the key to Parliament House if you want. Let him in there with Trudeau. Give him anything. I mean, that kid's awesome. So. Um, Matty, Moxie's we, across the ring for life. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it, fellas. So thank you. Awesome. See you guys. Fellas, listeners, uh, moment Obi and I would like to thank our sponsors, The Jersey Lab. You can log on to our website, www.missingcurfew.com, and the link, Custom Jerseys. Get on there. The Jersey Lab are making some incredible minted jerseys, Obes. You can get your Missing Curfew jersey now. You log on, and I'm I, on right now. I got so it, are you. I got it hummed up. I got the updog jersey here. I can see. I get it in blue, white, teal. You can do whatever the fuck you want on here. You can Custom log in. Custom sizes. You want to do... 
you know, one for your little kid, you know, little, little Benny boy, Benny boy, number 99, you get him his Jersey, extra small, put it under the Christmas tree, whatever you want. You want to get your old lady a missing curfew tarp because she always listening to you, listen to us, (laughs) whatever the case may be. The Jersey lab is your one-stop shop. If you are looking to get jerseys for your men's league team. Let's rock and roll. Hit them up in the link. You can hit us on our Instagram. We'll make sure that happens. We'll get the socks dialed in, the pant covers, uh, whatever the fuck you need. Numbers, names. These guys will do it all for you. Uh, Missingcurfew.com slash get your goddamn jersey at jerseylab.com. Thanks for listening. Up dog, um, thank you to to Matty Kachuk. Kachuk is that to Kachuk? Is that Kachuk? Even? Kachuk. Our boy I Joe DeMarco. It up when I, our boy I Joe DeMarco heard us say it before. He didn't like it. I saw so a funny fact. Actually, I'll tell you this. I saw Bro- Joe DeMarco at Bristol Farms yesterday. He was parking in his Jeep, so I pulled up beside him, like staring at him. He's like, "Who's?" This? He's like, "I figured who's this fucking meathead." So we're in there, started shooting the shit, and he brought up that point. Um, Did you tell him who we had a guest? I said we got Maddie, and I yeah. think I said to Chuck, and he was like, "Would you not be fucking figuring out it's Kachuk, right?" Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, I mean, he's a fucking beauty, guy. great kid, great beauty. kid. Plays the game the right way. He's been a big fan of, uh, big fan of the podcast, um, and you know, I, Obes, I love the way he plays. I love what he, I uh, love what he brings to the table. When you have a guy like that on your team, you uh, you set a good precedent for how to play, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's family here. So, you know, big family, uh, Jimmy Scoop's family. And it was great to have him on. And I, I can't wait to see, you know, what he does this year with, with I, I know he's a passionate guy and he said yeah. that. So his play in Calgary, uh, I'm expecting big things. And then I can't wait to watch, uh, you know, what could be a brother combo and a good one on Team uh, team USA. Yeah. I mean, they're both going to be on there. They're both locks to get on there, if you ask me. Um, I loved everything the kids said. I mean, I got to know him. In Vegas that weekend when I saw him, and then you know obviously we saw him at Jimmy's service in Boston, and I, I've stayed in touch with him. And um, the point he said about you know when he made the NHL at 18 years old and being around a locker room his whole career, and, and his dad taking him places like that really sunk home, like sunk into me because when I first walked into the dressing room with the Anaheim Ducks, like yeah, I had Gets and pairs and pens, but it was Chris Pronger, Scott Niedermeyer, Tabu Solani. Like I was like, holy fuck, what you know? So um, thank you to him. Up dog, you're the man. We got fucking regular season hockey next Tuesday. Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, uh, Golden Knights, Kraken. We're going to do a preview show next week. Hockey's back up. I can't wait to talk about it with you, buddy. Great job. Let's go tee it up. Yeah, birthday week. Let's rock. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, brother. We're going to Austin City Limits. Another fucking music thing. God damn, you're trying to kill me, huh? This is, Two, this back is three, back three. Back. Oh, you're fucking trying to kill me, buddy. But happy birthday. Welcome to the 38 Club. Um, it sucks, bud. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy ah. birthday. Love you, Up Talk. Love you too.